Live now, live now, live now, live now. Just thought to myself, uh, why am I fat? Why am I in my early 30s? And why am I not a multi-billionaire? But guess what? I can dance all night and and I shall dance because we will dance again. <laughs> we will dance again. By the way, uh, this beat is uh, one of the Meek Mill freestyle type beats. Uh, obviously, you can you can find it for free on YouTube. Otello a beat and Buck Roll beat. Right, so I woke up today. I woke up and I thought to myself, you know when you purchase specific items that you haven't purchased before just to give it a try you know to be a little bit more adventurous and uh, uh, kind of surrender to, to the power of consumerism um, and you buy one of them two-faced um, that will literally take your entire oral cavity with your existence out of your being uh, one of them, one of them toothpastes <laughs> with a baking soda and a uh, bleach <laughs> uh, and a very high quantity of sodium fluoride. I used to be very scared and wary and suspicious uh, and skeptical of sodium fluoride, but it turns out a very small dosage dose dosage every day is actually recommended because apparently it i'm not going to go into it i i don't i don't really know <laughs> i can try to pretend like i do but i don't really and yeah we resent the attempt to pretend Continuing on my consistent, on my consistency, because we want to be consistent, uh, of my a series of how do you live? How are you living in a pandemic, uh, in an identity crisis, 
dealing with collapse. Um, I will interview and um, kind of uh, explore other people's perspectives and answers. So, yeah, look out for that uh, in my next episodes. How do you start the day? Again, same question. How does one start their day? Do we start the day or the day starts us and startling us? <laughs> do you do it or does it do you? Boo. I don't know. We ourselves do not originate, which are events expressing some sort of power or activity that is external to ourselves. And if you consider that, you realize that what you mean by yourself is rather narrowly circumscribed. Even events that go on in our own bodies are put in the category of things that happen to us in the same way as things that go on in the world outside our skins. If there's a thunderstorm or an earthquake, well, it happens to you. You're not responsible for it. But so in the same way, when you have hiccups, you didn't plan on it. If you have belly rumbles, you had no intention of doing it. And as to the catastrophic act of getting born, well, you had nothing to do with that. And you can spend all your life blaming your parents for putting you in the situation in which you find yourself. And this uh, way of looking at the world in this sort of passive mood as something that happens to you goes right down to our general feeling about life. It goes down to the way in which as Westerners, we have been accustomed to look at human existence as a precarious event in a cosmos that uh, on the whole is depicted as being completely unsympathetic and alien to our existence. In other words, if you're reared with a 20th century or shall we say an early 20th century common sense, which is based on the philosophy of science of the 19th century, with its rejection of Christianity and Judaism. You regard yourself as an accident, a biological accident, in a stupid universe, which is mechanical, but has no feelings, no finer feelings. A vast, pointless gyration of radioactive rocks and gas in which you happen to occur. Of course, if you don't have that point of view and you are more traditional, you look upon yourself as a child of God. And therefore, under authority. In other words, there's a big boss on top of all this who allowed you at his pleasure to deign to have the disgusting effrontery to exist. 
And uh, you better watch your P's and Q's because that Almighty is looking after you with the attitude of this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And uh, when you look at the world in that image or in the other image that it's a stupid mechanism, either point of view you take, you don't really belong. You are not really part of all this. And I could use a stronger word than part, only we don't have it in English. We have to say something like um, connected with it, essential to it, or to put it in the strongest possible way, it is quite alien to Western thought to conceive that the external world, which is defined as something that happens to you, and your body itself as something that you've got caught up with, it is quite alien to our thought to consider all that as you yourself. Because you see, we have such a myopic view of what oneself is. It's as if, in other words, we selected how much experience is really to be regarded as me. As if you focused your attention on certain restricted areas of the whole panorama of things that you experience and say, I will take sides with that much of it. Now, we come here right at the start to an extremely important principle, which is the different points of view you get when you change your level of magnification. So I have a few positive and productive, I guess, um, quotes to share. Uh, and, and one of them is things that our culture does not reward us for. Rest, setting boundaries, and boundaries are only relevant uh, and they only mean likes and dislikes, wants, likes and dislikes, wants, needs, desires. Number three, having a proper sleep. Number four, knowing our limitations with regards to the world at large and other people in um, relationship to things, places, people. Number four, being sober, which is something that I relate to as most people are hooked on some sort of um, substance or perpetual and repetitive activity that they engage in in order to distract themselves from how they really feel. Um, having big, big feelings, so being in touch and being attuned to one's feelings at all times. It's frowned upon, it's uncouth, it's uh, unorthodox to display any emotion, which uh, I think we're somehow coming out of it. We are coming out of this emotional dark age. We have to. Um, in order for us to live a fully fulfilling, fulfilling and happy lives and to thrive and not cope anymore, we have to be attuned to how we feel and how other people feel as a result of it. Again, um, 
crying in public or feeling grief in public or sadness or shame or I mean most of us are just walking around ashamed of ourselves um, and uh, precautious or cautious as a result of it uh, and we spend the rest of the day trying to take ourselves out of it and make ourselves feel better and last one saying no when was the last time you actually honestly and sincerely said no to someone or something think about it I'm sorry, I've been too busy thinking about food, ruminating, panting uh, around food items in supermarkets, food stores uh, and cafes. Uh, Because when I don't think about food, I think about coffee. Uh, And the only reason why I think about coffee in its different forms and textures and sizes and smells and flavors is because I'm constantly hungry when you don't give your body enough food enough nutrition the one that your body individually and personally needs you will constantly walk around think about and chase food or the the, suddenly you will be facing or in the vicinity of the exact foods that your body needs in my case healthy fats like avocado nuts primarily walnuts brazil nuts dressings um thai sauces like your green curry sauce Anything coconut milk based could be a smoothie. So it could be a raw vegan, a coconut chocolate, uh, a slice of cake. So give your body what it needs. Unless you have an eating disorder like I do, I think more rapidly than gradually coming out of it uh it feels like being bulldozed left and right um and it is very scary to recover because the eating disorder itself its main purpose is to serve as an identity when one's identity has been lost it's that simple so when one recovers they lose their identity again and also i've been quite busy uh looking into the world of trading um of cryptocurrencies primarily um trading bots because i don't want to spend the rest of my life even though I mean, I only want to do it for the fun of it and for the good feeling of it. But I don't want to spend the rest of my days and existence uh, um, stressing and uh, in trading. We call it 
um, feeling, the trading of it, so um, fearfully, fearfully trading, Um, I want someone else to do it for me, and that is a bot, look it up, do your research, and in between, be kind, and reach out, and support someone who might be going through some sort of recovery, or through an identity crisis. When one's totally devoid and stripped off their own identity that creates the world within and attracts the world without, they have no other option than to live in the now. They are forced to. So could we say that that's their new identity? Well, no sensible person ever works. <clears throat> I never work, I get paid for playing. <laughs> and everybody should do that. That's the, the mark of an educated man, is that eventually he gets a job where he's paid for playing. And a worker or a proletarian isn't necessarily a poor man. There are lots of poor, I mean, a poor man like, say, Sally Morganrath or Eric Barker around here, they're not proletarians. Proletarian is a person who is fettered to the process of work. That is to say, to doing chores every day. He really doesn't like them, but aren't in the least interested in order to go on with it. So the, port, the, the, the dolphins decided this is ridiculous, this land existence, and they went back to the water. And it's pretty easy to fish. There are plenty of fish in the water and things to eat. As we know, the ocean is the greatest food supply in the world. And when they'd eaten a few fish or whatever they need, they decided just to have a ball. So the dolphin can get abreast of a ship, get one of the, well, the wakes coming out on the side, and set its tail at an angle of 26 degrees, you know, and be pushed along by the ship. And it's not going anywhere. No reason to go along there. You know, as if it had to get to another part of the sea, the sea is pretty much the same all through. (laughs) But they're just going, and they chatter and dance, and they're they're really highly civilized beings. And so, uh, please don't anybody ever kill dolphins or be unkind to dolphins, because they're exemplary, high-minded creatures. And we shall soon discover this, as soon as we can set up communication with them, they will tell us all about it, and we will uh, then invent a new style of civilization based on uh, frolic. frolic. <laughs> but you see, they, 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 they dance in the, in the mode of water. Now, human beings, uh, as Toynbee has pointed out, as their civilization progresses, they begin to lose their roots. And they are less and less tied to the land. They go into the air. And what's going to happen uh, as man develops without blowing himself to bits? He can get over the hurdle, you see, 
is a dangerous point, is that gradually all roads are going to disappear. And the earth will have centers of human habitation, but no roads. They'll be as obsolete as railroad tracks, because everybody will fly. And once you're in the, the medium of air is much more fluid than the medium of water. And as we fly, you see, on the land, your values are all values of permanence, solidity, firmness, they're architectonic in the sense of our great stone structures, pyramids, and things like that. But in the air and on the water, all values are fluid. And what you have to know to be a good airman is, of course, stars. Like white throats and other migrating birds migrate by the stars. Imagine. But once you start relating yourself to the stars, you realize that you're living in a universe where directions are all relative. And you become a being capable of existing in non-solidity. And that's why Buckminster Fuller, you know, believed that all techniques and really all culture came from the sea. And whoever you choose to be and whoever and whatever identity you choose to opt in, you never really know what you want. And there are two reasons why you don't really know what you want. The first one is you already have it. The second one is you don't know it yourself because you never can. And and the principle is that anytime you, as it were, voluntarily let up control, in other words, chase to cling to yourself, you have an access of power, you have an access to power, because primarily we're wasting energy all the time in self-defense, trying to manage things, trying to enforce things, delegate authority to conform to your will. The moment you stop doing that wasted energy is available, thus you are in that sense having that energy available, you are one with the divine principle or what you call the the source or the divine collective consciousness of the universe or one with the universe. Every time someone's trying, however, to act as the, if they are God, that is to say that you don't really trust anyone and you are the dictator and you try to keep everybody in line. You actually lose the divine energy because what you are doing is simply defending yourself. So then the principle is the more you give it away, the more it comes back. And then you say, well, I don't really have the courage to give it away, I'm afraid. And you can only overcome that by realizing 
you better give it away because there's no way of holding on to it.